Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach as a place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the General Hospital Port Charles 411. Sorry. Uh, again, we are recording while I have COVID, so I am a little bit loopier than normal. <laughs> Today we're talking about Heather Weber. <laughs> I feel like this is probably appropriate. It is. You're, you're in your Heather Weber <laughs> mindset of crazy. Exactly. Uh, this is definitely going to be more than one. Oh, yeah. Definitely. She has years and years. And another character that they kind of just sprung on us, that zero. Even I actually thought about trying to watch some of it while I was, you know, just laying on the couch. But as we've talked about before, falling asleep to a YouTube playlist is so difficult to go back and find out where you fell asleep. Right. So I did not feel comfortable. <laughs> I didn't feel comfortable doing that. <laughs> you would have some good dreams. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. That have been bonkers. So I guess we can just get started with Heather starting. Where do we normally start? Okay. <laughs> In the very beginning, 1976, and we're using Wikipedia. Yeah, the General Hospital fandom. Are you using the fandom or are you using Wiki? I'm on Wiki. Okay. I'm on fandom. This is going to be different. <laughs> exactly. Which one do you want me on? You said Wiki earlier. I did, but that's because fandom also has slash Wiki. Go on fandom. That's the one that normally has them. That's the one that we use the most anyway. I did say Wiki earlier. You did. I did. General Hospital, Fandom, Wiki, Heather. So in the summer of 1976, the scheming 19-year-old Heather Grant is hired by nurse Diana Taylor as the nanny of her young daughter, Martha. Coming from a lower-class family, Heather got what she wanted by cheating. Desperately wanting the job, Heather gave Diana a forged letter of recommendation. She soon set her sights on Dr. Monica Weber's husband, Jeff. 
After Jeff and Monica had a fight, Heather comforts him and they end up sleeping together. I love how they say that. Like it just happens. Like, I'm so sorry that you're fighting with your wife. Oops. We're in bed together. Yeah. I've definitely been able to comfort plenty of friends without falling into bed. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) When Jeff suddenly disappears, Heather learns she is pregnant. After Jeff attempts suicide, he is shocked to learn Heather is pregnant. Heather fakes a suicide attempt, hoping to win Jeff's affection. However, because Jeff refused to leave Monica, Heather decided she didn't want the child. She confides in her mother, Alice, her plans. Instead of aborting her child at Jeff's request, she sells the newborn to Diana and her husband, Peter, for $10,000. And just a reminder that the previous episode we did, so if you're listening to this years after 2022, the episode prior, we talked about Jeff Weber. So it goes into that first paragraph a little bit more in detail. Yes. In 1977, after giving birth to Stephen Lars, Heather takes $500 from Jeff and goes to New York City in hopes of becoming a famous model. Her landlady, Mrs. Hadley, arranges for the Taylors to adopt her son while concealing Heather's identity from the Taylors. However, after Mrs. Hadley and a lawyer take their cut, Heather is only left with $1,800 of the $10,000. Instead of coming clean, Heather tells Jeff the baby was stillborn. To make up for her loss, Jeff proposes marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't work That's like that. not how that works. <laughs> One does not replace the other. Okay. No. The two return to Port Charles, where Heather begins spending a lot of time with the Taylor's new son, Peter P.J. Taylor Jr., who is actually her son. In 1978, Heather gets a little carried away with the amount of attention she gives to P.J. The Taylors let her go, believing her obsession is unhealthy. Heather continues seeing her son in secret. Meanwhile, Heather and Jeff finally marry, but they see very little of each other as Jeff is working long hours to get his medical license. Though Heather learns she is pregnant again, she is still miserable. Ironically, Jeff wants to name their new child Stephen Lars if it's a boy. Jeff wasn't already a doctor? I thought that he was. I know, I guess because he and Monica came as interns, so yeah, I guess. He still had to put in his hours then? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. In 1979, Heather involves her ex-husband, Larry Joe Baker, in her next scheme, attempting to drive Diana Taylor insane in hopes of gaining custody of her son. Due to Heather's manipulation, Diana grows even more dependent on Heather to help with PJ. Heather later had... Larry Joe purchase LSD, Heather's drug of choice, and she puts it in Diana's drinking glass. However, little PJ mixes up the glasses and Heather unknowingly drinks the drug. When Heather begins hallucinating, Jeff is forced to have her committed to Pine Circle Sanitarium. With Heather away, Alice came to see her daughter's manipulations and Diana realized she'd lose PJ if she didn't marry Jeff. In 1980, Heather emerged from her state of delusion, faked catatonic, and escaped from Forest Hill Sanitarium. She went to see Jeff, but discovered he was now in love with Ann Logan. She then returned to Forest Hills. While institutionalized, Heather would sneak out often, which would explain how she was probably getting out and about since being in... She wasn't in Shadybrook now, was she? She was in jail. I think she she's in Pentonville. No, Olivia's in Pentonville. She's in Darkham now. Oh, okay. Yes. Thank you. 
Um, one of her on one of her excursions, she ran into Scott Baldwin, who was reeling over his pending divorce from Laura Weber. The two shared a few drinks and had a one night stand at Kelly's diner, which resulted in a son, Franco. Heather never told Scott she was pregnant and hid her pregnancy. Once her son was born, she sold him to a nurse, Betty, Betsy Frank, but continued to admire him from afar. Months later, she was officially released. It doesn't say how much she got for Franco. No, it doesn't. I wonder if she sold him for more or less. Well, but here's the thing I think that's also important to know, at least the impression that I'm under. We didn't know that that happened in right. 1980, right? Like, it was only when Franco came back. And right, wanted- so, like, that, those couple lines are new information, right? Back, back then, yeah. I could be wrong. I I was definitely under the impression, I feel like you are too, that... I, yeah, I thought when Franco came back, it was like a whole new, who is this person? How would this have even happened? Yeah. Like Scott didn't know that she right. had had a child. Right. Yeah. Okay. In 1981, Heather faked hysteria and convinced Jeff's brother and sister-in-law, Rick and Leslie, to send her back to Forest Hills. From there, Heather set her plan in motion to kill Diana Taylor and frame Anne for the murder. She escaped with a gun, only to find Jeff in bed with Diana. After killing Diana, Heather wrote Anne's name in blood next to Diana's body. Do people normally, like, claim their death or their murders with their blood? Yeah, because that's what Connie did. Right. Kate. Connie. Kate Connie. Kate Connie, yeah. Um, after Anne rejected him, a heartbroken Jeff took little Stephen Lars and left town. Jeff files for divorce while police chief Bert Ramsey discovers another gun killed Diana, pointing the finger at Heather. Heather's new admirer, Joe Kelly, refuses to believe that she actually killed Diana. It is soon revealed that Alice accidentally killed Diana in an attempt to keep Diana from killing Heather. In the summer of 1982, Heather convinces her cousin, Susan Moore, to go after the Quartermain fortune for her newborn son, Jason, with Alan Quartermain. Eventually, Scott takes on Susan's lawsuit against the Quartermains. However, Heather and Scott have secretly been planning to steal the cash. Susan and Scott would become romantically involved, much to Heather's dismay. And then in December 1982, Heather tricks Susan into giving her permission to raise Jason if anything were to happen to her. However, Susan soon catches on to Heather's scheme and convinces Scott to marry her so Heather can't get a dime of Jason's million-dollar trust fund. Susan soon learns Heather and Scott were working together and bars him from getting any money. After Susan is murdered, Heather teams up with the illegitimate quartermain Jimmy Lee Holt in an effort to get custody of Jason. However, she eventually loses this battle to the quartermains. And you can hear more about that in our 411 <laughs> about Jimmy Lee Holt. Yes. So then she was gone for 21 years and came back in the June of 2004 she returned to Port Charles, claiming she wanted to reconnect with her family. She moves to the Spencer home with Leslie to help take care of Lulu while her parents, Luke and Laura, were absent. However, Heather was up to her old schemes again. She began seducing the recently widowed Edward Quartermain, much to the dismay of his daughter, Tracy. When Edward started being haunted by his late wife, Lila, Heather started to keep her distance. 
Later, Heather pretended to be overtaken by Lila's spirit and tricks the Quartermains into believing that Lila wanted Edward to move on with her. Knowing Edward wouldn't be easily convinced, she causes him to have a heart attack and is the only one who attempts to save his life as the rest of his family believes he is faking. After he is released from the hospital, the two become engaged and they marry on October 20th, 2004 at the Quartermain cabin. Ew. Heather's plans to get rich by killing Edward are stalled when he gives his entire fortune to be with her. After Heather and Tracy have Edward committed, Luke helps bring Heather's scheme to light. Edward has the marriage annulled in November of 2004. Due to Luke's tricks, Heather accidentally admits to killing police officer Ross Duncan and framing Edward's granddaughter, Skye, for the murder. I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. Remember when she was on trial for murder? Heather kidnaps Skye because that is always a solution. Yep. Luke tricks her into releasing Skye by pretending to marry her. Luke tells the authorities of Heather's crimes. She is declared insane and sent off to Ferncliff Asylum in December of 2004. One year later, after that event, Patrick Drake comes to General Hospital. Three years after Heather Weber was sent off to Ferncliff Sanitarium, Sonny's rival mob boss, Anthony Zakara picks up right where Heather left off in September 2007. Anthony and Heather, they would be a great, crazy couple. Yeah. And then in 2012, in March... A pregnant Sam Morgan visits Ferncliff Sanitarium to ask Heather a few questions because Heather was present when Susan Moore. In March, a pregnant Sam Morgan visits Ferncliff Sanitarium to ask Heather a few questions because Heather was present when Susan Moore, who was Heather's cousin, gave birth to Jason Morgan. Heather gives Sam the details only after Sam agrees, agrees to deliver a letter to Heather's son, Steve, who Heather always refers to as Stephen Lars. Heather later convinces Steve to facilitate her release, though his girlfriend, Olivia Falconeri, doesn't approve. When Heather tracks down Luke Spencer, he is shocked to see her and doesn't believe that Heather's better. Luke feels proven right when Heather finds out that he is living with Anna Devane and seems to have a problem with that. Steve later apologizes to Luke for Heather's behavior and promises to take care of her. Heather has another run-in with Anna and Luke, where she spills a shake all over Anna to be alone with Luke. He tells Heather not to go after something that was never there, meaning a romantic relationship between the two of them. That was weird when she was obsessed with Luke. Yeah. Before Heather can respond, Steve interrupts, asking her to accompany him to General Hospital, where he has some business to attend to. As it turns out, what Steve wanted to do was talk with psychiatrist Ewan Keenan about his mother's condition after Olivia suggested to do so. Did we do a 411 on you and Keenan, or did we just talk to the actor that played him? I think we just talked to the actor. Okay. He is an interesting character. We should. He is. Yeah. That yeah, we'll might be okay with bringing back from the dead. Yes. Do, 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 do. While waiting for Steve, Heather runs into Sam and tells her she is angry about Sam's broken promise to give her letter to Steve. Sam says she forgot about it because she was sh- so shocked by the fabricated story Heather told her about Jason having a twin brother and psychopath Franco. Heather questions why this transformation means so much to Sam. Then Heather discovers that Sam is at the hospital because she had a DNA test done on her unborn child. Heather realizes that Jason or Franco could be the father and that Sam is keeping this possibility a secret. Heather threatens to tell Jason the truth, but Sam tells her not to or else she'll tell Stephen about Heather selling Franco to a nurse to nurse Betsy Frank. Heather and Sam came to the to an agreement to both stay quiet. 
Heather taunts Sam by saying she hopes the baby is Franco's. Yuck. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. After Steve's arrest for murdering one of his patients in Memphis, Heather is determined to get him out of trouble. She wants Luke to help her and even threatens him with a gun. Luke talks Heather down and tells her he has his own emergency with his daughter Lulu missing. Heather then goes to the hospital to try to get Steve's half-sister Elizabeth to help. She runs into Stephen's colleague Maggie Worth again and realizes that Maggie worked with Steve in Memphis hatches a plot to help Steve by staging Maggie's suicide with a note confessing to the murder that Steve is accused of. Heather dislikes Maggie because when they first met, Maggie called her crazy. Gee, I wonder why. Heather drugs Maggie's iced tea, then dumps her body at her apartment. To Heather's surprise, Maggie is found still alive and rushed to the hospital. There, however, she dies, and Heather slips a suicide note into Steve's mail so he won't be suspicious. Olivia, however, is still suspicious of the circumstances and becomes wary of Heather. Heather continues to taunt Sam about the baby being Franco's, even though she knew the baby was really Jason's child. Heather goes to the Quartermain's house, despite a restraining order, to see Luke. There she sees Tracy Quartermain with her husband, Anthony Zakara. When Anthony doesn't move, Heather realizes he's dead. And when Luke and Tracy are not looking, she steals the body to dump it in order to protect Luke. While dumping it, she ends up crossing paths with Todd Manning, who is trying to save Taya Delgado's newborn baby. He asks for her help to resuscitate the baby, but it's to no avail and the baby dies. Meanwhile, Todd comes across a passed-out Sam, who has just given birth to her own boy. While Heather is trying to save Taya's baby, Taya comes back and sees Todd holding Sam's baby and thinks it's her son. Heather later convinces Todd not to tell the truth and leave Taya's stillborn baby in place of Sam's. At the hospital, Heather goes to Todd, telling him that she'll keep quiet about the baby switch if he doesn't tell anyone about her dumping Anthony's body. He agrees and takes Taya and her baby back to Landview. It is then discovered that as revenge against Sam, she switched the DNA test for her baby to make it look like Franco was the father when it was actually Jason. And you wonder why people call you crazy, Heather. Mm -hmm. Heather is eventually caught when Anna finds Anthony's body, but gets away when she provides a fake alibi. Meanwhile, she also kidnaps Luke when he decides to pursue a relationship with Anna in order to convince him to pursue her instead. 
She also blackmails Todd for a job at her newspaper. I think that's supposed to say his newspaper. When her plan to get Luke to love her fails, she decides to drug Anna, but is caught by Olivia. Meanwhile, Anna and Olivia's son, Dante, figure out Heather's scheme and the fact that she killed Maggie Worth. Before they can arrest her, she injects Olivia with LSD and shoots Luke in an attempt to kill Anna. She is arrested and tries again to get Todd to help her, but she doesn't pick up his phone. Heather tells Anna her daughter Robin, who died in an explosion, is actually alive. Heather doesn't, or I'm sorry, Anna doesn't believe her initially, but later asks Heather what she knows. When Heather demands to be released, Anna puts a gun on her, and Heather tells Anna she saw Robin at Ferncliff. Heather is back at Ferncliff when she's visited by Todd. He promises her to protect Steve from the police if she keeps quiet about the baby switch, and Heather agrees. This is so much going on in 2012. Like, mm-hmm. no, no wonder she was only back for a year because she caused all kind of havoc. That was a good year. Well, they were gearing up for the 50th. Yes. In September 2012, Heather finds out about the health scare Port Charles is facing and tries to make a phone call to Steve to tell him one last time how much she loves him. Steve resents her and hangs up on Heather shortly after. Heather starts to think that she could do better raising a child if she had the chance to do it all over again. Motivated, she knocks out a guard and manages to break out from Ferncliff Sanitarium. Heather travels to Landview and appears on Taya Delgada's doorstep. Taya thanks Heather, who introduces herself as Susan Moore, for her help with her baby boy the night he was born. As Taya is in over her head while searching for a nanny while preparing to get back to work, Heather wants to apply for the position. Heather eventually kidnaps the baby and attempts to start a new life with him as her son. When Heather realizes that she is out of the baby's medication, she goes to the hospital to steal some. Without her knowledge, Sam and Jason Morgan, the biological father and mother of the baby, are also at the hospital. When she attempts to escape, she pushes Olivia Falconeri down some stairs, which alerts Jason and Sam. Jason and Sam go up to the rooftop to stop Heather and try and rescue, no, I'm sorry, try to reason with her. This eventually leads to Heather trying to commit suicide and jumping off the building with the baby in hand. Jason, however, manages to get the baby out of Heather's arms, saving his life. I remember seeing that. <clears throat> How tall is the hospital? Because Heather survives the fall, but is injured severely. Patrick has her immediately taken to surgery due to her spinal cord damage, and he says that Heather is a crazy woman, according to him and everyone else in Port Charles. Monica later tells Jason that Heather is in a coma after the surgery. In November, after a couple of months in the hospital, she escapes. She goes to Kelly's diner, and Olivia has another hallucination and thinks she sees sees Heather. But it's not actually a hallucination because the woman that she sees is Heather in a black wig who completely disguised herself as Sonny's lawyer, Alexis Davis. That would not look like Alexis. No. She then goes to the Quartermain mansion and sneaks into the living room. She finds the living will and testament of recently deceased Edward and messes with it. She holds Sky hostage with a knife until Alice knocks her out. She is taken back to Ferncliff. She repeats, I know something the Quartermains don't know over and over while the Quartermains receive a pile of pizza boxes. So that would have been Thanksgiving that year. Yes. Man, that year was crazy. 
So then Heather reappears in January 2013 when Lucy Coe is left alone in the interrogation room after Lucy's arraignment for stabbing John McBain. That was that whole crossover that we talk about doesn't actually exist anymore, but okay. So while read why she stabbed him, that just makes it. She, she stabbed him. No, it does not fix it. It just makes everything seem crazy. With a broken chair leg, quote, stake, believing that McBain was actually Caleb Morley. Who was a vampire. Thought, yep. And that's why she needed to stab him in the heart. I love that so much. I don't know why you do either, because it doesn't make it any better. It's just like, okay, Lucy was insane, and now we're going to have her hang out with Heather. Lucy says, why doesn't anyone believe me? And Heather answers her with, I do. Heather concocts another escape plan. She gets the workers to believe that they are underpaid and work too much, so they go on strike. Heather knocks out Kevin Collins, who was Lucy's estranged husband, and the three escapees go to Windermere, right where Helena Cassidine was at. Todd leaves, and Heather convinces Lucy to take a nap. Heather seemingly leaves while Lucy is awoken by Caleb. Heather goes to see her son, but actually steals Danny Morgan again, this time in Alexis's house. She tricks Rafe Kovich Jr. into believing that she is the nanny and says that she will tell Molly's sister or the police if she doesn't get the baby. Oh, I remember that. Poor Rafe was like trying to protect him. And Mm -hmm. she was like, nope, I'm going to tell everyone they are horrible if you don't let me take the baby. I'm the nanny. That's how it is. So Heather takes the baby to Pier 52 to take him out of the country. However, Heather is stopped by Caleb Morley and Caleb throws Heather into the water. Danny is then taken by Caleb, but Todd Manning stops him. Caleb leaves, and Todd is held up by Sam Morgan and Anna Devane. On February 26th, Heather appears alive and attempts to kill Olivia, but ends up stabbing Steve instead. She sneaks out of the apartment and goes to Windermere to find Rafe and Danny. Rafe talks to her about his relationship with his mom and Heather feeling guilty about potentially killing her son. She turns herself into the police. Todd helps Heather by lying to the police about wanting to call his lawyer and then letting her call Steve to apologize. She appears in court to testify against Todd Manning. However, she lies and helps him get off scot-free. She appears again on April 16th when she talks to Damien Spinelli about the possible existence and whereabouts of a Franco offspring, thus the ELQ heir. She's visited again in jail by Franco, who was previously presumed dead. He states that he hurt Sam Morgan, and then he left town, but now back to make things right. He later reveals himself to Jason's loved ones as Franco. He visits Heather to retrieve two videotapes that he left with her before leaving town. The first had video footage of what really happened during Jason and Sam's honeymoon and revealed that he never raped Sam. He only led them to believe that he did. The second tape had footage that showed he never intended for Michael to be hurt when he was in prison, and it actually ordered Carter to protect Michael throughout his scheme and not hurt him. So that was the whole why they thought that the baby was Franco's, not Jason, was because we had thought that Franco had raped her on the honeymoon. Yeah. In September, 2013, Heather escapes again from the institution that she is held at and visits Franco at the Metro court. Franco is able to grant what Heather desires because she wants her demands met before she leaves. 
While Franco is getting a BLT at Kelly's, Carly Jacks and Felix are coming to the hotel room, but Heather has a knife ready. Franco prevents them from coming by allowing them to speculate that there is a woman in there who Franco is romantically involved with. And Carly realizes Franco isn't the man for her. And this is when Carly and Franco were. Yeah, but that's not quite how that went. Nope. But we did do an entire 411 all about Carly Love and Franco. So go listen to that one. (laughs) Yes. But Carly did not realize that he wasn't the man for her because of this. She was already. Mm-hmm. And with Sonny and then yeah. Franco found out about that and it went horribly wrong. Yep. Um, Heather appears like she went back to the institution. At Franco's art show, Heather finally reveals to Franco and everyone else that he is her son with Scott Baldwin. She escapes again and threatens the life of Carly. Franco stabs his mother and buries her body in the same cemetery that Georgie is buried and Robin's memorial plaque and Tony Jones' memorial plaque are also there. Heather reaches out of the grave. Ew. I remember that. That was kind that of was so cool. Yes. So then in January 2014, Heather kidnaps Carly and makes it look like Franco did it. When Franco went to rescue Carly at Windermere, she shot him. Afterwards, Franco stabs her in the foot, and Anna and Nathan show up and arrest her. Prior to her defeat, Heather had Luke sent to Miscavige and had him drugged along with Scott. In October, Franco visited Heather and told her that she was right about Carly. He shared with Heather his plan to get back at Carly for cheating on him with Sonny. And she says, Anne says he is going to get Heather released so she can attend his wedding. Oh, how nice. I want my crazy mom at my wedding. However, Franco simply traps her with Carly, Sean, Jordan, and three other captors tie her up in plastic wrap. Heather was eventually freed and non-fatally shot Max in November before being sent to Shady Brook. And that shot, that shooting of Max, is what brought Max and Diane back together. together. And now we know that they definitely are over. In February 2015, Heather befriended Franco's friend Nina Clay at Shady Brook. And this is when Nina was also in Shady Brook. Yeah. But soon attacked her and tried to inject her with LSD only to be defeated by her and Franco. In August 2016, three months after attacking Lucas and failing to attack Bobby at the nurse's ball, Heather was revealed to have been imprisoned at Darkham Asylum and tells Franco that Hayden was Jeff's illegitimate daughter with Naomi Dreyfus, thus making her Elizabeth's sister. And then on February 25th, 2021, a guard at the hospital reads to a paralyzed letter to a paralyzed Ryan, a letter from Heather W., his biggest fan. On March 9th, Heather's son Franco was shot and killed by Peter August, the son of Cesar Faison and Alex Devane. On April 15th, 2022, Chase told Elizabeth, who has a stalker, that Heather is still in Darkham and hasn't had any visitors since 2018. On October 28th, Olivia has a bad feeling while at General Hospital and turns around to see Heather being escorted by a guard and an orderly while wearing a prison uniform. Heather yells at Olivia about her son being in prison and makes a joke about LSD. Finn checks on Heather and discovers that she has a flesh-eating virus. He finds this unusual as she is supposed to have been locked up and she would need to be out in the wild to get this disease. When he was tired of her insults, he sedates her. She later talks to him about her history with Jeff Weber. On November 8th, while being sent back to Darkham with Anna, who is headed to Pentonville, the prison transport van crashes and Heather escapes. 
She is caught when she stops at Kelly's for a BLT. The assistant manager, Cameron, tells the pol- calls the police and Dante arrests her. I'm kind of disappointed that this only took us one episode. Yeah, I feel like we should try to find, try to watch some of the videos because the excitement that was going on, especially during 2012. Yeah. They did not describe it in detail enough. No. And the same thing with 76 to whatever the, the um, scrapbook. I know had a lot of write up that we were running into when we were trying to just do Jeff last week. Yeah. So maybe between those two, we can get a little bit more clarity because, I mean, yeah, this tells us that she was bad, but she was crazy. No. She is crazy. And maybe it's really one of those things that you really had to watch. That's true. Fully appreciate. So there's been a lot of unhappiness with the recent recast, but Robin Matson wasn't the first. She was originally portrayed by Georgianne Lapierre, Lapierre, 1976 to 77. Mary O'Brien from 77 to 79. Robin Matson does have the longest from 80 to 83, 2004, and then 2012 to 16. She was recast by an unknown actress in 2017. That's odd. Maybe How it was just like a back actress? of the head shot type thing. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Or like they just showed like the back of somebody's head in a blonde wig or something. Yeah. And then Allie Mills from October 2022 on. And like we said before, Allie Mills is killing it. It's just that we were used to Robin Matson. Yeah. She's 65 years old and she's in Darkham. So much crazy for only being 65. I know. And I mean, we could go through her crimes and everything, but we just pretty much did. Yeah. we need. There has to be a playlist that is really good of her. So if you know more about Heather Weber or you feel that something in here should have been described differently or there's something missing. Let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. So, I mean, I guess we could see if anything happens with her, but I have a feeling she will be back at Darkham for at least a little while. Mm-hmm. But join us on Monday as we talk about this week's shows. Have a good weekend. And we'll meet with the peer. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to peer54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Peer 54 Podcast. Also, we are not perfect, so if there is something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.